Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. And the title of our podcast today is A Haunting at Fox Hollow Farm. It is October, Brandy. It is. It's the uh, month of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have some kind of creepy stories for you. But this one is especially creepy. It uh, is about a haunted farm, but it also includes a serial killer. So you get two for the price of one. True crime and a, um, a ghost story. Excellent. Yeah. A I twofer. You, you, live for, you live for this. I do. Yes. I do. A twofer. Yeah. It's, all, it's about the I-70 killer, a guy who, uh, by the name of Herbert Baumeister. That's a fucked up name. Baumeister? Something like that. (laughs) He was a serial killer. He was known as the I-70 killer because he killed people along the I-70 corridor. You sure it wasn't, you know, 42 or (laughs) anything like that? That would have thrown uh, thrown off the police had he... Well, that's quite the creative name. Yes. Somebody spent some time. He killed a bunch of people and then uh, he buried them on his farm, as many as at least 20. And then... Uh, some strange stuff started happening on his farm. So we're going to talk about the, the we're going to st- talk about Herbert's life, his dastardly deeds, and also the haunting has been occurring over there in Indiana. Uh, but before we do, let me remind everyone that we are a um, comedy podcast. We use adult language, so if that offends you, please check out a podcast, one of the other fine podcasts out there, including our friends at They Walk Among Us. Our friends at uh, Kiwi Crimes, our friends uh, at Insight. So please check those out. If you're into the paranormal, you might want to check out Haunted Visions, which is a podcast that Brandy and our friend Rachel uh, host. Uh, and then, of course, Chuck and I uh, host a podcast called Dead Ball about um, baseball players whose lives uh, ended prematurely. So a lot of options out there if. Uh, you're offended by adult language. If you're not offended by adult language, if you crave adult language, then you're in the right place. Yeah. We have plenty of adult language. We do. Yes. Let me introduce my co-host, a lady who really needs no introduction, but a lady who is known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy? I'm doing all right, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. Are you glad it's uh, it's Halloween season? I, I am glad it's Halloween. This is Halloween month. Noah's very excited. Uh, have you had anything pumpkin spice yet? I don't prefer pumpkin spice. Mm. I have had pumpkin pie this past weekend. 
Did you? Yes. Yes. I'm all about pumpkin pie. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It is. Yeah, it is. But I have not. Maybe I'm not into pumpkin spice. spice. All right. Was there a pumpkin spice? Was, was she one of the Spice Girls? She was the fat one that kind of stayed <laughs> off camera. <laughs> okay. Um, are you looking forward to DweebCon? I am looking forward to DweebCon. It'll be exciting. Yes. Next week, uh, as we record this, um, next week uh, is DweebCon. It's October the 12th or 14th. Does that sound right? 13th, 14th, 15th. Yeah. 13th, 14th, and 15th Mm -hmm. here in Cincinnati. You can get details of DweebCon uh, by visiting our Facebook group, History Dweebs, the podcast. Uh, We have all the information there you need. Uh, We're doing a live show. Brandy, I know you're excited about that. I'm so excited. Doing the live show at the No Theater on Saturday, October the 14th in the afternoon uh, from 1 to 4. So we invite you to join us there but um, my brothers are coming both of them yes your brothers your Mm -hmm. sister-in-laws the colonel will be back Mm -hmm. Uh, the colonel is uh, recovering he's in a opiate induced haze right now he's living on the Percocets but uh, he's doing quite well I doubt it he's probably stopped taking them by now he he said he's running out so yeah I think he's on Advil now (sighs) which you know you might as well be on M&M's but he said he's feeling better, so we're hoping to have the colonel back next week. Wow. He needs to suck it up already. <laughs> he's going to milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> all right, let's talk about, Brandy, a haunting at Fox Hollow Farm, shall we? Shall we? Yeah. We shall. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> is this Talk Like Bobby Kennedy Day? I th- it could be. I thought that was Thursdays, but this is only Tuesday. But we can have Talk Like Bobby Kennedy Tuesday. Okay. Yes. Let's, uh, let us uh, begin. <laughs> Perfect. Fox Hollow Farm, Brandy, is a farm. No shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of town on that. It is an 18-acre estate, actually, in Carmel, Indiana. Right Nothing next. good happens in Indiana. It's right across the uh, border from Ohio, of course, our neighboring state here in the Midwest United States, for our listeners uh, around the world. Is it Carmel? Is right Carmel, across there? Carmel. I don't know where it is. It's uh, by Indianapolis, I think, which is not too far. Indianapolis is about an hour and a half from here. Yeah. Okay. It was the home of alleged serial killer. Well, we say alleged because he killed himself before he was convicted. So we have to say alleged in in the event that he comes back and sues us. In the event that he's listening? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, Home of the alleged serial killer, Herb Baumeister. I think I'm pronouncing it. Baumeister. Whatever. Baumeister. Whatever. Okay. It's German. It is. Herb. Herb. I want to think of Herb Tarlick from WKRP. Always. Every time. Yes. His belts always matched his shoes. Well, and they usually... And they were white. And they were white. Yeah, it's hard to do. He had some sweet suits. He he did. I'm going to start dressing like him. Uh, You absolutely should. Yeah. I'd probably get all the kind of tail then. Crazy tail. Many of Herb's uh, 20 victims, he had 20, killed 20 people. That Uh, we know of, right? uh, Yeah, maybe. And and it it is... um, uh, actually speculated he killed many more, but many of his 20 victims, at least uh, 20 victims he murdered, the remains were on the farm. Thus, um, the genesis of the hauntings that we're going to talk about later. Perfect. Since the murders, many strange incidents, Brandy, have occurred on this property. You are giving it all away. No, 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 no. You're going to get in all the details later. Today, Fox Hollow Farm is considered one of the most haunted farms in America. I didn't know there was a uh, list of haunted farms. Fuck yeah, there is. All right. They have like dead cows. 
Do you hear mooing? No, but people die. Crazy shit happens on farms. People get killed. The in cold blood people, they were killed on a farm. They were massacred on that farm. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, when that shit happens, there's some hauntings. There's body farms. And there's body farms. Yeah. Do those count as haunted farms? Well, this is basically what uh, Fox Hollow Farm was, was a body farm after Herb Mike's Herb. But it, call him Herbmeister, the Herbmeister. The Herbmeister, but it's yeah. not a it's not a sanctioned body no, farm. No, 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 no. It's it, more it, of a it, more of a it's more of a uh, uh, informal body farm. Sure. Yeah. All yeah, right. You'll have that. So let's talk about the I seventy killer, shall we? We shall. Mm-hmm. Herbert Richard Baumeister. Herbie Dick. Yeah, you know, I always wondered. Because, you know, Richard is short for Dick. I never understood why, or Dick is short for Richard. Mm-hmm. I never understood that. Like, why is that? Like, I, I, I don't care. Well, here's it why. It just I, is. Here's why I care. Your name is not Richard. But then here's why I care. Why? Because remember this in the 1970s, there nope. was a, a comedian uh, impressionist named Rich Little. Rich Little. Uh-huh. So really, he's Little Dick, if you think about it. Dick Little. Yeah, but if you look at it where if you look like, at it backwards, like in Spanish, where the verb or the adjective becomes, but it's not in Spanish. Yeah, but in Spanish, he would have a little dick. Well, he's not Spanish. Well, if he if he travels outside the United States, he's got a little dick. I think he's dead now. Is he really? I think. Uh, write that down. Check that out. All right, I'll check it out. All right, let me get let me tell our audience about uh, Richard uh, Herbert Richard Baumeister. He was a an alleged serial killer from Westfield, Indiana, near Indianapolis course where we were at crime con brandy and we'll be of course in nashville crime con in may it's exciting yes. so we invite all of our listeners to join us in may at crime con baumeister committed suicide before he could be brought to trial for his dastardly deeds and he never confessed to the crimes of which have been alleged brandy no no but you know he still had 20 bodies he is on. still alive Rich Little, yeah i thought he was good lord yeah, how old he is he? Is seventy eight. Yeah, bet he could still do a pretty bad W. C. Fields or John Wayne. Oh yeah, George mm-hmm. Burns. I love George Burns. I wish he was still alive. He is not. He got a lot of tail. Yeah. All right. So, um, so as I said, it's believed he's responsible between officially between eleven and twenty murders during his uh, spree. Now here's a little, a little unknown fact. Brandy was known, but here's a little little known fact of okay. uh, Herb Baumeister. Tell me. He was the founder of the uh, store chain Save a Lots. You've seen Save a Lots before, haven't you? I have. He founded that and then no started. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So he made he made some, you know, he made a lot of money off of that. Huh. Anyway, Herbert Richard, well, we'll call him Herb. See, how do they get... See, I'm getting confused. Okay, here's here's why English is fucked up. Hit me. His name is Herb, H-E-R-B, right? But mm-hmm. it's also Herb. Yes. So, do you see, do you see my concern? It's no. spelled the same, but pronounced differently. The English language is a tricky thing. You're telling me. Ah, I know, right? <laughs> Herbert Richard er, Herb, Herb, Baumeister, was born on April 27th, Brandy. 1947. So if he was born April 27th, his mom probably pregnant during the holidays. Probably. A little far along, actually, right? Okay. 
Had a baby by then, wouldn't she? I would think so. He was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. He was the oldest of four children, born to Dr. Herbert and Elizabeth Baumeister. So his dad was a doctor. Yes. Yeah, so it's a very successful family, prominent yes. physician. Yes. They're in uh, Indiana. Uh, oh, my next uh, sentence says that. His father was a prominent physician and was well-liked in the community. Okay? All well so far? All, all well so far. All well. All right. Now, uh, as I said, Herb was the oldest of four children. And by all accounts, he had a normal childhood. By the onset of adolescence, however, that's what all goes to hell, isn't it? It always is. <laughs> he began exhibiting antisocial behaviors, Brandy. Acquaintances, acquaintances later recall the young Baumeister playing with dead animals and urinating on the teacher's desk. That should have been a clue. Yeah, it's. But what I couldn't understand is: was this something he was doing simultaneously, or were these, uh, you know, separate events? It would be bad enough. It's bad enough just play with dead animals, and it's bad enough just pee on your teacher's desk. But if you're doing it at the same time, well, that's that's tricky. That there's some red flags. Well, I think separately there's red flags. <laughs> you think? Uh, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I think so. His childhood friends remember that Herb used to ponder what it would be like to, quote, taste human urine. Nope. Seems to me you could test that out pretty Really, well. you could. Just stick your <laughs> dick in a cup and piss and drink it. I mean, my God. You don't have to make a big thing about it. Yeah. Fucking whiz. Sounds like he was... You know, it was more of a philosophical question that he was posing. Well, that's a stupid philosophical question. <laughs> well, have you never wondered what is human urine Nope. Like? No, and you know what? what? If I did wonder, A, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> B, there's a way to test that out. Like, <laughs> piss in a cup, for God's sake. Yeah, but I wonder if everyone's pee tastes different. I'm sure it does. Everyone well, it would have to because some of it depends on what you what you in, eat intake, because right? it mm -hmm. smells different. So I would think it would taste different. I would too. Because Golden Crisp makes my pee smell weird. And I evidently, asparagus does the same thing. Oh, yeah, asparagus. But it, the Golden Crisp thing is a real problem. Asparagus, they say you can taste. I don't I don't know if you can taste it or not, but I know you can smell it's it. It's supposed to be like in semen, too. It can yes. change yeah, the that, taste. Well, yeah, but... Right. He, he never pondered that, as far as we know. No, he's just wanting to drink pee. But later on, it becomes clear that he was a big fan of the semen, but we'll get into that later. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. If you're a semen lover, we, uh. love you. We, we love you just the same. Nothing wrong with being a semen lover. It's just not my particular taste, Brandy, but, you know, to each his own, right? Yes. Now, human urine is a different story. But, you know, I'm not going to judge anyone on that either, but just don't ponder it out loud. Right? Okay. Yeah, keep that shit internalized. <laughs> Push don't. it down. Push it down. <laughs> don't be going out there and putting it out all on Front Street. Not on Front Street. When he was 12 years old, Brandy, mm -hmm. little Herbie found a dead crow in the road. Dude, I saw a crow the other day that was the size of a fucking dog. <laughs> that thing scared the shit out of me. I kept calling it Edgar Allan Crow. My girlfriend was cracking up because I'm like, I can't. It was on Noah's. Um, I was supposed to go 
Noah takes yoga. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Why does your five year old take Noah uh, take yoga? He wants to find his zen. <laughs> okay, and I support that. But it's that. not uh, hot yoga. It's not hot. No, okay. it's not hot well, yoga. He's six. I'm sorry. He is six. Okay. Uh, Do they have like uh, so? It's like yoga for kids, or is he yeah. like in the adult class? Because that would be really weird. no. He's not in the adult class. It's yoga for kids. Okay. But you know, I go to go that's pick him up right from there. school. I'm just saying that's some bullshit. Hey. Kids are flexible enough. You don't need to. Be, not, he doesn't need to be not, able to no, put. No, he's not that flexible. He doesn't have to put his ankle around his neck. No, it's like a stick. He's not that <laughs> flexible. Um, but but he needs to find some zen. All right. But he there was this fucking crow that came over and like perched on top right above the door I was supposed to go in, and I'm like, well, Noah's fucked. I hope he comes out oh, that's here. That's a bad and, sign. It was, I mean, and squawking and carrying on. Uh, I want, is it, what's the difference between a crow and a raven? I Probably uh, they are two different birds, they're, but they're I don't. two different birds. But they look the goddamn same. Well, they're both black. Yes. Yeah. I guess, are they only black? Are crows only black? I don't know. I've only ever seen black crows. Okay. The black crows. Would love to see them in concert, but they broke up. The black crows? Yeah. Yeah. But this thing was fucking the size, I'm telling you, it was the size of a goddamn terrier. Sure it was Goddamn huge. Eagle. Could have been the Mothman. I don't fucking know. All I knew is I wasn't going in there because the thing would have fucking pecked my I eyes get, out. Uh, yeah. I love the birds. They should remake that. If they remade that movie. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Man. That's a nightmare. I would not go see that. All right. So anyway, he finds this crow in the middle of the road. Dead crow, of course. He put it in his pocket. And sure. He, he put it on his How did teeth. it fit in his fucking pocket? Maybe it was small. How big's a goddamn pocket? He uh, then placed a dead crow... On the teacher's teacher's desk. Oh, it was a when, present. When he's like alert, he's like a Labrador bringing bringing his master. Well, I mean, I, if you had to choose between a dead crow or this kid pissing on your desk, he's obviously looking for some attention. <laughs> you think? Way to go, Freud. Way to get. Way to decipher that. Pull that one out. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, uh, so uh, in 1961, the year of my birth. Okay. When Herb was 14 years old. Why are you calling him Herb? <laughs> because that's how it's spelled. It's when, Herb. <laughs> when Herb was 14 <laughs> years old, he started attending high school at North Central High. Brandy. Oh, were they ready for that? NCHS. Yes. Were they the Bobcats? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what their nickname well, is. Well, shit. I should do a little bit more research, I guess. We'll make them the Bobcats. He was an excellent student, Brandy, mm-hmm. and was active in biology. Ge- I bet. Geology. <laughs> yeah, he's picking up dead crows the fuck? off the uh, road. They put him in charge of finding the frogs. Biology. Did you have to dissect a frog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was gross. Mm. I wanted to dissect a human, but they said that. Yeah. They frown on that. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> they, they impeded your learning. <laughs> they really did. I, they really. I could have been much more advanced than I am now. You could have been, and, and I, you you have to admit I could be much more advanced intellectually than I am. I now. have to admit that that's a true statement. Thank you. But now, because I dissected a frog, I could have taken out Chuck's gallbladder. Yes. But he was a big baby about it. Yeah, I know. He wanted like a sterile environment and all that. Whatever. I got Clorox wipes. <sighs> he was active in the biology, geology, and government classes he's like mm-hmm. you know the little clubs you know for i know the, the clubs yeah <laughs> for the nerds and international relations now what the fuck in high school are you going to be what kind of club you're going to be in for international oh don't they have that um what's it called there's a club pussy. for that no there's a club and i can't think of what it's called 
Well, if you ever see his picture, he should be in a hair club for men. That's what he should have been a part of. Was he bald in no, high school? Like balding. In high school? No, no, not in high school. Oh. Anyway, he was also in a chess club. He yeah. likes to play with chests. Chess. Yeah, he likes to play with chess. Not chess. <laughs> well, how you know? Well, you probably know? eventually, yes, he did. Did you do the research or did I? You did, but you don't know what if they're the Bobcats or not. Despite his academic achievements, Brandy, mm-hmm. his father became concerned when he came home from work early one day, school early one day, and found Herb having sex with lunch meat, some lunch meat. <laughs> that's disturbing why are you laughing I mean piece of baloney just can't go around unmolested in that house yeah it probably teased him it probably it was probably asking for but it I wonder if he put like put on condiments like did he put like mustard mayonnaise mayonnaise and, oh. you know that's mayonnaise well, well there's gotta would, be lube be, yeah it's lubricant yeah I think you, you know what he should have got was head cheese. Was it Vesalia? Head axe, cheese. The axe. Remember the Vesalia axe murders? Where yeah. They think that they have the big slab of meat in the freezer. They think the killer had had sexual relationships with meat. Yeah. Yeah. But head cheese is gel. It's like a gel with well, nastiness in it. I don't know. Yeah, but what kind? I mean, you think, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking provolone if he had cheese on it, but. Why provolone? Head cheese. I'm telling you, the head cheese would be the way to go. Right. It's in the name. Yeah, it's, you got a point there. See? Oscar Mayer has a now, first name. <laughs> concerned. Really? <laughs> His dad's a doctor. Wow. <laughs> so he's on top of this shit. Okay. Concerned. Herb's father secretly took him uh, for some psychological testing. And the records show that Herb at this time was diagnosed with schizophrenia uh, and possibly more than one personality. And being a cheese fucker. Isn't that kind of young to be diagnosed with 14? I don't know. Maybe I don't. I, they may have found now, but back then, I don't know. I thought it, it usually was early 20s when they, when they could die. Sometimes. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, Herb was not part of the in crowd, Brandy. I guess when you go get the fuck out of town, fucking ham sandwich, you just you fucking ham sandwich. <laughs> you fuck one ham sandwich. <laughs> Label for life. Label for life. He was usually alone and never dated. He was often often teased. He didn't need to date. All he needed to do was go to the deli counter. <laughs> uh, I want he was some often of that pastrami. <laughs> he was often teased by the other children, huh, for being odd and a bit of a nerd. Well. You think it's pretty accurate? I think it's, yeah. Sometimes it's not bullying if it's true. <laughs> I guess. 1965. They'll regret that shit. Yeah, they do. In 1965, when Herb was 18, he graduated from high school, Brandy, and was accepted into Indiana University. Our friends over in Bloomington, Indiana. Okay. IU. Go IU. Go Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Yes. We know they have a name. So now he's a Hoosier. He's a Hoosier. It was at IU, Brandy, that he met the young Juliana Sater. Sater, yeah. They were drawn to each other, Brandy, due to their strong conservative views. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to Apparently, do. Apparently, he was a little, he he was a little concerned with religion. Our friend Herb. Where in the went. Bible does it say to <laughs> fuck some corned beef? Where does it say that exactly? Well, you know, it's probably one of those things where he felt he did that, and then he felt guilty, and then he prayed. And, and said some Hail Marys and moved on. Yeah. 
Did they both have a love of lunch meat? I, you know, I, it doesn't, I can't really get past that part right now. They started now. dating. I know. I'm sorry. It wasn't he was 14. He, he said, like when you're 14, you have a heart on like 15 times a day. I don't care. Yeah, you fuck anything. You fuck, you fuck the sofa. Whatever. It's yeah, yeah. You do. You when you're like that age. So I don't really. I I get that. I don't that. really. I'm not really concerned with him fucking the sandwiches as much as I am his later. Endeavors. I'm concerned with all of it. <laughs> okay. I have concerns. You can't even go on a picnic with this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, always carries those Ziploc bags. I thought the mayonnaise tasting funny. Anyway, they began dating. Mm-hmm. And in 1971, Brandy, the two were married. But only six months afterwards, Herb was committed uh, to a psychiatric institute where he spent two months. So, evidently, the marriage, the whole honeymoon phase were not very memorable. Well, it was memorable, but he got locked up. Hmm. Put in the old rubber room. Probably no access to sandwiches. I don't know. They have creases in those mats that they use to line the walls. Yeah, that would be frustrating. It would be hard to masturbate if you're in a straitjacket. Be a bitch. Yes, it would. You know, we ponder those questions on this show that no other show tackles. The hard questions. The hard questions. You think Insight will tackle whether or not... You can masturbate in a straitjacket? Yeah. I, you know, somehow I doubt I it. I can't see Charlie and Allie talking, spending much time on that issue. Probably not. We've already spent too much time on that issue. <laughs> All right. So, But over the next several years, him and Juliana, his wife, mm-hmm. produced three children, Brandy. Oh, so they stayed married for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were acting like they got divorced already. No, no. He, he just went into the loony bin after a couple months. Well, so he's they got three, three kids. Ch- three children. Marie, which is a young lady. Okay. Eric, which was a boy. Uh-huh. And Aaron with a, or I'm sorry, Emily, which was a girl. All very Aaron lovely. is not even close to Emily. Yeah. But it starts with an E. Sure. Okay. Sure. So it was Marie was the oldest. Eric, the Marie, boy. Marie, Eric, and Emily. Yes. Okay. In 1974, Brandy, the year I was born, Herb Baumeister began working at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles in Indiana. Sounds like that's where he belongs. That place is such a <laughs> sucker of joy. Yeah, you just that's where you go to work when you want to torture people. Oh. Anyway, he displayed symptoms of his mental illness while he was working there. One, he should have worked at a grocery <laughs> store at the deli counter. One, one year, he and his co-worker had appeared on a, a company... A Christmas card dressed in drag. Sure. Which is probably not a big deal now, but it was in like 1974. Mm-hmm. Right. Now it's accepted. But back then it was, that's when, you know, even being gay was considered a right mental illness. Um, obviously, simply dressing in drag is not a sign of mental illness. However, it was our character for uh, Herb. And in hindsight, disturbing considering the nature of the crimes that he would go on to commit, Brandy. So that's a tease. That's, that's what we call in the business a tease. Keep you engaged in our podcast. What either. business is that? Podcasting. Oh, okay. Herb worked his way up the chain of command to the title of program director. Do they have a chain of command at the BMV? To, at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. He was program director. Huh. But Brandy, at last, he was terminated from his job in 1985 when he urinated on a letter which was sent to him, which he then sent to then govern, the governor of Indiana, Robert Orr. So he got mad and sent a pissed on a letter and sent it to the governor, and he got fired. Sure. Seems 
that, you know, you you have to expect some sort of ramifications when you pee, send a letter of urine to the government. I don't know. It seems justified. You don't know what that letter said. It's also in 1985 that the body of Eric Ruger, a 17-year-old white male, was discovered in Indiana. He may have been one of Herb's first victims. On September 3rd, 1985, that's when they think his killing started, Mm -hmm. Herb committed a hit and run while intoxicated. Though he um, was arrested, he did not, they kind of dropped the charges, so he got off. Less than one year later, so he's, obviously he's drinking now, right? Right. They think his, you know, the killing started. Less than one year later, on March 27, 1986, Herb was charged with auto theft and conspiracy to commit theft, avoiding implications of his actions a second time and beating the charges against him. So, you know, he's just getting by with some minor crimes. What they think, um, obviously, he, he um, Herb had an interest in men, young men. Mm-hmm. And so he was living like this, started living this double life where okay. he would be uh you know the any port in a storm yeah yeah i mean he was the you know your typical married husband fam uh family of five so he was on the down low and that's what yeah, you're and then me. he was cruising for dudes maybe. down low all right 1988 brandy typical married mother of father of three uh, typical yeah. married father i don't think that's typical no 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 i mean during the daytime, he was this typical okay. father of three, you know. Uh, but at night. But at night, he would cruise for young men. He turned into yeah. dirty old men. Okay. Yeah. In 1988, Brandy, Herb's mother loaned him $4,000 to open a little thrift store called he called Save a Lot. All right. It's a catchy title. It is. Uh, which made him um, $50,000 profit in the first year alone, allowing him to open a second location. In 1991, Save-A-Lot was so successful that Herb, Julie, and their three children were able to move into the exclusive area that housed Fox Hollow Farm, an 18-acre, $1 million estate in this prestigious Westfield District suburb of Indianapolis. All right. Are you impressed? So impressed. For the first time in his life, Brandy, Herb Baumeister was viewed as a pillar of the community. Well, well he's a mover and shaker now. He's a lunch meat fucker. Hmm. The town recognized him as a family man and businessman in the community. Mm-hmm. He owned a popular business uh, that soon began to grow even more, Brandy. So he has a whole chain of these save-a-lots. They're still around today, I think. Yes. And he had a dream home complete with a pool house uh, and a wet bar. You really arrived when you got a wet bar. For sure. The area was decorated lavishly and filled with mannequins dressed by Baumeister himself to appear as if they were a guest attending an upscale pool party. That is weird. <laughs> it is a little weird. But I guess he wanted to set the image of, you know, like it's a happening place. Right? It's weird. Yeah. 
Now, Brandy began uh, says, began to frequent the local gay bars in search of potential uh, men or potential victims to lure them back to his pool house. So then it's oh. kind of smart. If you set these mannequins, people think they're coming into a party. Right. They get there, and they're really It not. is not a party. I don't know what his wife was doing all this time. He would pose as a uh, as having an autoerotic asphyxiation fetish. Ah. Of course, you know that's. Of course, the colonel has that. Mm-hmm. You ever see him choking himself in his office? It's not I'm afraid I missed that. <laughs> not a pretty sight. Perfect. And when you walk in on him, he's you know befuddled. He just you know he's. That's why you have to knock. Yeah, you always should knock when you're in the colonel's residence. <laughs> anyway. Um, he would t- he would meet these guys in gay bar and he would tell them about his fetish of homoerotic autoerotic autoerotic asphyxiation. Okay, um, you know he took pleasure, and that's of course for their listeners who don't know, and all of our listeners know what that is. But for our I, listeners, I would who think don't know it means choking yourself and cutting off air as a means to uh, get a uh, greater orgasm, right? Mm-hmm. See, I just don't get that. I never got David Carradine killed. That's how he died. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the hotel where he's at, and I mean it's in Bangkok, and it's like 10 steps from a brothel. So why in the world would you hang yourself when you can walk out? Maybe he feet? didn't want to spend the money. Cheap bastard. That's hey. what you get. Wow. Now, next time, spend a few bot. Spend, spend some bot and get choked. Yes. At least have someone else choke you. That's more fun anyway. Yeah. So once he would, he picked these guys up and he get and he tell them about his fantasy of homo or auto autoerotic asphyxiation. Well, I guess in this case it was homoerotic asphyxiation too, right? Mm. Kinda. I Not mean, well, maybe, but we're yeah. just gonna go with autoerotic. Yeah. Once he uh, got these men back to the farm, he would ensure that they were intoxicated, Brandy, and then he would invite him into the pool. Oh. And you know what would happen when he got in the pool? He'd kill him. He would strangle them to death. Not, not something that a pillar of community should be doing. No. And really, that's how you get people to stop coming to your pool. Well, that's why you have to have mannequins, because the people, real people will stop showing up. Their remains were discarded, Brandy, in the woods behind uh, Fox Hollow Farm. So he was lazy, too, basically. Just threw them out in the woods. Yeah. Well, I think he buried them. But. Reports of missing gay men in the area began piling up, and the bodies continued to be s- discovered throughout Indiana and Ohio. So I guess he didn't only put them on his property, but all along this I-70. That would have been the smart thing to corridor. do. Unfortunately, at this time, police did not put much effort into investigating the murders and disappearance of gay men. Again, this is mid-70s. Uh, you know, was, uh, being gay was still Is taboo. it the mid-70s? Uh, 80s, I'm sorry. And it was still, but it was still taboo. I mean, it was, no, I know. It was still, yeah. Um, most investigators and members of the community believe the ones who had been simply gone missing decided to run off to a big city where they could be more widely accepted by society without informing their families. So finally, um, law enforcement began to connect the dots, Brandy. Uh-oh and in 1982 received their first tip from a man named Tony Harris. Tony Harris called the Indianapolis police and claimed that a gay bar patron by the name of Brian Smart Hmm. had murdered his friend and tried to kill him as well. 
Unable to locate a Brian Smart, the killings continued. Okay, so they, you know, were they Googling or something? And the killings will continue until morale improves. Until Brian Smart is found, apparently. Well, it didn't sound like they, they had a name, but they didn't have much else to go. Right. With. In 1994, life took a downward turn for young Herb. Uh-oh. His business, which had been flourishing brandy, mm-hmm. began to fail. I don't know. This could have been uh, this could have been caused by a sudden, vastly superior attitude he began to display toward his employees. Oh. So apparently, when he first opened the store, he was very supportive, boss, and everything, and then spent a lot of time, put a lot of hours in developing the business, and then after it was established, mm-hmm. he started delegating. He started not coming in or coming in late, or leaving early, um, really not taking care of business. Uh, so, and he also came to work smelling reeking brandy of alcohol. Uh. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh. So he took to the drink as well. I see. He was arrested for drinking and driving in uh, Rochester, Indiana, which earned him three days in jail and one year probation, Brandy. To make things far worse, his son Eric, remember he had a boy? Mm-hmm. Who was 13 at the time, found a man's skull on their property while walking in the woods. No. So young Eric comes home. Hey, Mom. Look, look what I, I found. Look what I found out on the property. And Julia, it's piqued her, uh, Juliana, it piqued her curiosity, Brandy. I bet it did. So she asked her husband about it, why there was a human skull on their property. Indian burial ground. The answer is always Indian burial ground. Well, he told her that uh, the skull had come from a medical skeleton belonging to his deceased father. Remember, his dad was a doctor. Yes. And had died by the time. And he acquired many of them throughout his long career as a physician. So that was his excuse. Now, if it was you and you're not, you, you obviously your your father's a very accomplished man, but he's not a medical doctor. You cannot no. use that excuse. No. You would have to say Indian burial. Indian burial ground. Yeah. Ground. That's your standard. Oh, that's my go-to. Yeah. Um, so although there were problems at this time in Herb's and Juliana's relationship, Surprisingly, this was not one of them. Oh. She let the drop. She let the whole uh, skull in the backyard drop. Well, because his explanation is plausible. Right. Do, really, do you want, you know, do you really want to make out an issue? No. It's just one skull. Well, 
Exactly. Thank you. Later, uh, when Julie went looking for these remains, um, she could not, they could not be located. So once, you know, he brought the skull, uh, Eric brought the skull home, their son, and they examined it. Okay, so then she, you know, she was thinking later, let me go look at that again. It was gone. You know what? Here's the thing. First of all, he's got a farm. Invest in some pigs <laughs> because they will eat everything. Glad you mentioned that. Assuming that they, she assumed that they were the the remains were carried off by a wild animal. She accepted her husband's explanation without giving it a second thought. In 1995, Tony Harris, remember him? He I was, do. He was the guy at the gay bar, called the police, mm-hmm. said that, that uh, yeah. Brian Smart had tried to kill him and had killed his friend. Yes. Tony Harris called the police again had a, because he had another run-in with Brian Smart at a local gay bar. And this time, Brandy, Tony Harris got his license plate number. Nice. Tony Harris on the fucking ball. He fucking is. So... He goes to police and says, okay, I found out. I've got the license plates for Brian Smart. And the police ran the plates. And who did they come back to? One Herbert Baumeister. When the police arrived at Baumeister's home, Brandy, and asked to search the property without a warrant, both Herb and Julie refused. Herb told his wife he was being falsely accused of theft. And ordered her not to allow police on the property. Yeah, put that matter to rest. Put your foot down. Yeah. But one day, investigators were able to speak to Juliana alone. And they explained to her why they were really there. That her husband was suspected of multiple murders. Damn. That little fucking... And then did it come back to her... Hey, my kid found a skull <laughs> that you might be interested in. Yeah, but it was from his dad's medical practice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, Even blah. after learning this and knowing that a human skull had been laying in the woods behind the property, um, she remained unwilling to let the police search the property. However, Randy. Yes. Herb's luck was beginning to run out. Oh, Herb pushed it a little too far. His mood swings and odd behavior reached a climax, and finally began to disturb young Juliana. Uh, so he was acting weird. Yeah. 1996, both of Herb's Save-A-Lot stores shut down, and he became depressed, Brandy, even threatening to take his own life. So they pretty much left this alone, I guess. they have no. I guess they didn't really have it. They didn't have anything unless they searched the property. Yeah. But uh, so Julia, in 1996, decides to get a divorce. Ah. And she was suing for sole custody of their children. Ah. That motivated her to contact the authorities, Brandy. Say, if you want to search that motherfucker, you go right ahead. (laughs) And agreed to allow the police a full search of the property while Herb was away on vacation. Ah. What does vacation mean? Yes. Yes, uh, let's uh, let us uh, continue. During the initial search, Brandy of the property, which uh-huh. lasted a few days, I bet Herb is you know down in um, wherever, wherever the Bahamas, drinking one of those fruity drinks. Yes, police was searching his property, Brandy. And what did they find, Tim? 
They recovered 5,533 bones, bone fragments, teeth from four different victims in a wooded area on Fox Hollow Farm. That's a problem. He's got some explaining to do. Should have bought pigs. Yeah, they're not going to eat the bones. They eat everything. They eat bones? They eat everything. Fucking pigs. Many of the remains have been uh, concealed beneath piles of leaves. <laughs> that doesn't seem... <laughs> seems like you should have done a little bit better job there. Yeah, so police take a leaf, leaf blower. Right. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> a second search uh, was prompted by uh, Baumeister's neighbor, who informed police that he had discovered skeletal remains near a drainage pipe separating the two properties. Oh, you know, nosy fucking neighbor, you know that. Can't stand in nobody's business. You know, he saw the police there, he just had to run out. Well, you know he sits in the window anyway, oh, watching yeah, what's going on. Of course he does. Reports, writes it down in his diary. 140 more bones, including several intact rib cages and vertebrae, from seven additional bodies were found in this location, hmm. along with cans of Miller Genuine Draft. Mr. Baumeister's favorite drinks. Is that the champagne of beer? I think it is. All right. Well, he's a baller. Shot caller, yes. In all, 11 bodies were found, but only eight could be identified. They were 20-year-old Johnny Bayer, uh, 28-year-old Alan Wayne Broussard, 33-year-old Roger Goodlett, 20-year-old Richard Hamilton, uh, his friends called him Dick, 26-year-old <laughs> Stephen Hell. 31-year-old Jeff Allen Jones, 46-year-old, well, he's getting a, a little old, going for a little older man there, 46-year-old Michael Corinne, and 31-year-old Manuel Reznet. They were the victims. Nah. Um, while Eric Ruger, remember him, that's the, the guy that went missing early mm -hmm. on, was never confirmed to be one of uh, Herb's victims, Baumeister is suspected to have killed many more men who fit the profile and who were dumped along rural roadsides throughout Indiana and Ohio along uh, I-70, thus the name, Brandy. I-70 killer. Yes, during his active years. According to Julia Baumeister, Herb took a hundred or more trips through Ohio on store business. On business. Oh, so there's some shit here, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some, something's not right. There would have been plenty of time for Herb to commit these murders that took place on the property uh, undisturbed. Usually during the summer, sometimes for several months at a time, Julie and the kids would go out of town and stay with Herb's widowed mother. Oh. Oh, that's pretty fucked up. He sends the wife and kids, and he stays home. That's why he puts the mannequins out there to make it look like there's a party going on. And But, you know, once you get there, what you figure, say? Yeah, and figure out that this is creepy as shit. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, why are these? Why do you have mannequins here? Yeah. I, get, I just got a match on Tinder, just FYI. Oh, good. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I think I got kind of rushed through my part so I can see, see what I got. That's what I got going on there. Nothing. When asked by investigators about... I the, hope she's a butterface. <laughs> it's probably it. When asked by investigators about the human skull... Um, Did he say, don't look at me? Tell me he said, don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. Uh, no, this is when uh, they asked uh, Julia about her son finding the skull on a property. Mm -hmm. Julia informed him, uh, informed the authorities of the story her provided her and said that uh, it wasn't like I was sitting at home with nothing else to think about. I've got some shit going on here. I can't, you know, 
So they asked her why, you know. She can't be responsible for everything. Yeah, why that didn't raise, you know, red flags for her. She's right. She said, I can't can't think of everything. While searching uh, Fox Hollow Farm, police discovered a video camera, Brandy, hidden in the corner of the pool house where Uh. Herb, Herb committed multiple murders. Never, never. Here, if you're going to be a serial killer, please. Don't tape your shit. Don't tape it. Don't take pictures. Don't record. Don't draw it out. No, don't draw. I know. You know. Some things you got to keep up in your noggin. He recorded him? Well, I'll get to it. Okay. Still away on vacation, where he's down in Bahamas drinking fruity drinks. Exactly. Herb contacted his older brother. Uh, and his old, he told his older brother he was away on a business trip and uh, needed money, more money immediately. So that was a little fishy to me. Mm-hmm. A few days later, Herb called his brother a second time to request more money. Well, he's down there in the Bahamas, you know. Well, he's probably at the Blackjack State. By this time, he had caught wind that the corpses were being discovered on his brother's property. So his brothers got wise. Herb's brother informed Herb that the How lo- did Herb catch wind that all this uh, was going people on? People talk. People talk. Not in the Bahamas. No, no, no. Herb's brothers. Herb was in the Bahamas. He no, was I co- know. But he's calling and asking for more money, more mo- yeah, money, yeah. more money. But does he have an inkling that all this yes, is going on? Yes, that's what on? I'm saying. Herb's brother gets an inkling that it's Right, but he, does Herb no, have no, an no, inkling not, that not all yet. this is not going yet. on? Okay. Not yet. Okay. But Herb's brother informed him. Oh, dumbass. That the local police wanted to have a chat with him regarding all the bodies uncovered at Fox See, Farm. fucker. God, they want to chat with you about all these bodies they're <laughs> digging up. Just a quick, informal little chat. Yeah, just, no big deal. Just, yeah, I'm sure it's easily explained. Just stop down whenever you get home. Having run out of options, Herb quickly escaped to Canada. And that's why. One evening, while sleeping in his car under a bridge... Yeah. He was approached by a Canadian trooper, mounted police. Dudley Do-Right. I don't think it was Dudley Do-Right. Well, I like to think that it was. (laughs) Herb told the trooper that he was a tourist, was just passing through, and had stopped to get some rest. Uh, It sounds plausible. Yeah. The trooper, however, noted that there was a large stack of what appeared to be videotapes in the back seat of Herb's car. Hmm. But he lets Herbs go. The next day, on July 3rd, 1996, one day before the July 4th holiday. Excellent. They don't care about that in Canada. Herb killed himself, Brandy, with a shot to the head from a 357 Magnum in uh, Pinery Provincial Park, Grand Bend, Ontario, Canada. You will never get that out of the car seats. No. That'll be on the Carfax. He left a three-page suicide note. He was a fucking wordy motherfucker. Three He's pages. Fucking Shakespeare is a wordsmith. What if he had a sandwich before he? You knocked, know, you know he out. had one for the road. <laughs> rubbed one out before he he went away. He left the okay. So um, so he's got a manifesto. Yeah, a three-page suicide. That's really too long. I mean, really, a paragraph or two. Maybe if, if you three pages, it takes out all. You know, it it really it lo- you lose something. Really, you lose really. impact. Yeah, you really do. All right, so. He writes a three-page uh, suicide note on yellow note paper. I, make, I don't know why. Did he pee it. on it? Is that why yeah. it's yellow? <laughs> he said that to the governor. Uh, he cited a failed marriage and failed business 
uh, for his uh, motivation to commit suicide. But not the bodies that were being discovered. No. Ah. He made note of the fact that he had originally planned to kill himself elsewhere and apologize for, quote, messing up the park. So he was considerate. Hmm. In the letter, he mentioned, Brandy, that he would have a peanut butter sandwich for his last meal and afterwards would just, quote, go to sleep. So he's really not being truthful because, I mean, he may have had a peanut butter sandwich. I hope he didn't do anything else with that peanut butter sandwich. But you never know. he didn't just go to sleep. He blew his head off. So, you know, I think he was uh, minimizing that a little bit. A little bit. Herb Ballmeister never confessed to any of the murders, though there was more than enough sufficient evidence to convict him had he lived. The videotape spotted by the, the, spotted the previous evening by the uh, Canadian trooper were not in the car and were never found. Oh. It is believed that Herb disposed of them in the river before committing suicide, his body was found eight days after his death. Gross. That seems, Brandy, it seems to be the end of our story, right? Alas, it is not. But there were some things becoming, this is where things became even more bizarre, Brandy, and you're going to tell us about that. Perfect. So, obviously, you know, Juliana or whatever her name was, she puts the place up on the market. In 2009, Rob and Vicki Graves purchased Fox Hollow Farm. Rob and his family were looking to escape city life to a home with more space. On the outward appearance, outward appearance, Fox Hollow Farm was more than perfect. It was a steal. As they toured the house with a realtor, Rob began wondering why a house... I've got a question for you. Oh, okay. Realtors. Why is it when they advertise, they always put their photo on the signs? I don't, why do I need to know what you look like? I don't know. I don't like that. I'm sorry. Just think, you know, just, you know, just put the name of your realty company. I don't need to see your face. Insurance people the same way. They put their face on things. I don't need to see an in. If I'm going to get insurance, I don't care what my insurance agent looks like. I want my insurance agent to be Flo. I don't like Flo. She's, she reminds me, she's a little weird. She reminds me of kind of like uh, Lucille Ball, but not, uh, I don't, not as funny. I and I don't her, like the name Flo. I saw her on something like doing a real acting job. And oh, it was, really? Yeah, she was pretty good, too. Hmm. Okay, continue. All right, so as they toured the house with the realtor, Rob began wondering why a house that was so desirable and gorgeous didn't have anyone living in it. See, that's what you got to ask yourself. when you get, If it's too good to be true, yeah. there's dead bodies in the yard. What was going on? As he thought about it, Rob realized it might be a property he'd heard about on the local news. Rob asked if it was where Herb had lived. The realtor said yes, and that's why it was such a good deal. Yeah, you got to disclose that shit. They decided, well, I don't think she was going to disclose it. I you think that she to. was I mean, just, you're, well, you're now legal. you do. Yeah, this was 2009. I don't know what it was then. Yeah, it was the same. I don't you fucking have, know. You have, you have an obligation to disclose if there's been a murder, or even if there's a... Anytime anything could affect the value of the property, you have a, the seller has the duty to disclose. Even if there's a rumor that the house is haunted. There's all kind of case law, especially on that Annabelleville property. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of case law on that. So they decided they could live with it. And they... they um, well, yeah, they got a good price. They bought it. Yeah. 
You know, I don't care if you got dead bodies in my backyard. Fuck that. I think they pulled most of those up. Yeah. Well, you'd hope. You do. So they moved in and they soon began renting out the uh, the apartment on the property to Joe LeBlanc. Okay. Joe, a new character in our story. Joe. Well, they're all new here. Joe LeBlanc. Right. French man named Joe. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Three days after moving in, Vicky was vacuuming. He played hockey because he sounded like a hockey player, Joe LeBlanc. Might be. Now playing center for the Canadians, Joe LeBlanc. Joe LeBlanc. I think Joe had bigger problems, but. All right, go ahead. All right, so three days after moving in, Vicky is vacuuming gravel that the kids had tracked in around the pool one day when the vacuum kept cutting out. It kept being unplugged at the extension cord. Mm. The third time startled her, and she felt as though someone else was there. Weird. It also felt as though someone did not want her there. Uh Uh-oh. Rob worked at a car dealership, and his colleague, Joe, was chronically late to work. Fucking Joe. He had a terrible commute and needed to move closer to the dealership. So Rob had offered him the spare apartment that they had on the property. Mm. Joe didn't give a damn about the history of that place. Joe said, I'm getting, you know, free apartment here. Well, and the apartment had been gutted since the time of the murders and redone. And all of the bad things he felt were gone. Rob helped Joe and his dog, Fred, move in. When they were done, Joe was so exhausted that he fell under the bed and went right to sleep and dreamt. He dreamt of running for his life. Hmm. He was being chased by something bad. Hmm. When he woke up, he tried to run and hit the door frame very hard. Oh, don't you hate doing that? When I try to run out of yeah, a dead like, sleep yeah. and hit the door frame? Yeah. yeah, I suppose I would hate that. <laughs> Oh, it never happened Seems to you. like a cartoon. It never happened to you? I know. You either. Yeah, me neither. Um, let's see. He collapsed onto the floor, writhing in pain. There were shards of glass everywhere, and they'd gotten into his hands. He didn't know what he was running from, but he felt he had to get out of there right away. A couple of weeks later, Vicky spotted a man in a red T-shirt wandering about near the tree line on their new property. Close to the spot, investigators had exhumed many of Herb's victims. Hmm. Assuming the man had a morbid curiosity about the location and the murders, the new homeowners were prepared to confront the trespasser. Damn straight. Once she got a better look at the man, Vicky noticed he had no legs. Oh. He was just floating. Then he disappeared in thin air. Oh, so he was a... Uh... Uh, bye-bye, motherfuckers. I don't care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Really, that's someone you don't want to confront. First, he has no legs, so you have to feel bad that he has no legs. But the fact that he's floating, you kind of give him a pass on Because he's really not trespassing because he's not on it. I mean, he's technically he's on your property, but he's floating. Here's the thing. I'm wondering if this was at day or nighttime because daytime ghosts are badass. They don't take no shit. They will fuck you up. Yeah. Now, nighttime ghosts, I mean, all the ghosts come out at nighttime. So it's, you know, everybody knows that. Yeah. But daytime ghosts, yeah. they're like daytime hookers. You don't want to mess with them. Yeah, you get that right. Uh, no, yeah. So they look. They search the wooded area in the direction Although where... Although you get a price break in the afternoon. Do you? Yeah. Oh, good to know. To search the wooded area in the direction that he had last been seen, but they didn't find anything. You don't have to stay up as late. True that. The Graves installed a security camera following the incident in hopes that they would catch any future trespassers on their property. They were going to catch any future floating men. A few days later, Joe was washing dishes in his apartment 
when he heard a knock. Now, this is at night when he heard a knock on the door. Thank you. When Joe answered the door, no one was there, and this occurred several times on the same evening. Oh, that pissed you off. You think because some kids are messing with you. Fucking kids. You think it's some little punks in the big house, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next day, while taking a walk on the property, Joe and his dog, Fred, later saw the same man with the red T-shirt in the woods. Okay. Fred took off after the man, and Joe took off after Fred. Fucking A. Eventually, Joe came face-to-face with the trespasser. Now, you see, if I'm Joe, I'm thinking, this is not my property. You know, I'm just staying here for free. I'm not going to fucking worry about this trespasser. Well, and that's what makes you a shitty person. Yeah. I agree. So, Joe comes face-to-face with this thing. But see, then he he, he wouldn't have to face-to-face with this fucking... Well, and bef- but ghoul. as before, he su- the, the apparition suddenly vanished. So, why are people scared of ghosts if they just vanish? When because they don't all just vanish. Hmm. On another occasion, Fred ran back into the woods. Fred needs a leash, clearly. <laughs> and Joe followed behind him. When his, dog. When, he, when his dog stopped, Joe noticed something peculiar. It was a human femur. Ew. The police were contacted to collect the bone and inform the new owners that it may only be the first in a long series of human remains they would discover on their property. While law enforcement recovered thousands of bones and bone fragments... From Herb's victims, there are undoubtedly countless more skeletal remains still buried. That would be kind of a creepy place to live, I guess. Afterwards, the sightings of the man in the red t-shirt ceased, but the activity on the property did not. Joe had been experiencing instances of a constant knocking at his door. Well, that's fucking annoying. Well, yes. (coughs) It is annoying. While the knocking would become growingly intense, Mm. increasingly intense... No one would answer when he asked who it was. Anytime Joe opened the door, he would find no one there. See, that's just a ghost being a smart ass. One night, when it, was, when it began, Joe asked who it was and, as always, did not receive a response. The knocking grew louder and more violent. When he opened the door, he saw the knocker was hanging straight out as though someone was still holding it. Ooh. It would certainly not be a paranormal event for a door knocker to simply stick and hang in a position that seemed to defy gravity. But if Mr. LeBlanc's story is to be believed, there would be no way the door knocker could have repeatedly moved up and down by itself before freezing in a perpendicular position. Joe closed his door, locked it, and and waited, hoping for it to stop. He noticed the knob twisting like someone outside was trying to get in. I see. That's when it's time to move. Oh, I'd have moved weeks ago. (laughs) That's when you contact your realtor then. Oh, yeah. You don't even care if you see their picture on their sign or not. You call. Oh, yeah. Uh, The doorknob finally quit turning, but only a moment later, the door burst wide open. (laughs) Oh, that's fucked up. You know you're staying at a hotel that night. Oh, sending wood chips flying into his apartment. Moving outside to confront whatever it was, Joe was ballsy. Uh, well, I mean, you know, he got this great deal on this. Oh, no, he's the... No, he's the renter. He's the renter, yeah. Joe, See, actually... That's, uh, that's, I mean, the commute. I'll take the commute. You know what I mean? I'll... I'll, I'll right, right, yeah, right. I'll, I'll drive a little Well, further. here's the thing. So, Joe goes outside to confront whatever's doing this and was met at the doorframe by a young Caucasian man in soaking wet clothing. The man was terrified, screaming, and went running for his life through Joe's apartment. Oh, my God. Then just vanished. 
not long after this occurred, Joe was able to identify the man he'd seen tearing through his apartment that evening as one of Herb's victims. The strange events at the property escalated when Joe invited his friend Jeremy to come for a swim at the infamous Fox Hollow Farm pool, which Joe had access to as a tenant. Jeremy was a hardened skeptic who wanted to put rest the rumors of hauntings on the property. In the water, Joe felt someone touch his back immediately before he claims to have been pulled underwater by an unseen force. He felt like he was being choked, as Herb's victims had been years before in the same pool. Jeremy, who witnessed the event, says Joe was clawing at his throat as though he was trying to get someone's hands off his neck. Having known, having known Joe a very long time, Jeremy was confident that his friend was genuinely scared for his life and that something unseen had been trying to cause him harm. Bizarre events had become very mundane for Joe LeBlanc, who was beginning to feel a constant presence in his kitchen and hearing footsteps in the room. Frustrated, he finally faced the presence in his home after he investigated a metal scraping sound only to find a knife on the kitchen counter along with cuts in the wooden wall. Don't tell me a fucking ghost can't hurt you. I'm telling you. That, you know, it's I'm telling you, they can, it, they can hurt it, you. It's time to you know, cut a loss. Cut oh, a loss. Uh, attempting what he had seen done on paranormal investigation shows. Yeah, you, you should never you, you should never use them. Leave that shit to professionals. Yes. Joe turned off anything in his house that could make noise and began to record audio from his computer. Although he felt silly, he asked who had been hanging out in his kitchen. Later he got an answered he got an answer from the recording. The married one. Yeah. Of his all, voice is, he just hears his voice on the recording. I guess. Of all Herb's known victims, none of them were married. They were all single, gay, or assumed gay men. LeBlanc believes the voice he captured is that of Baumeister. Ah, because he was married. It's true that Herb did not die on the property, and many are under the impression that this is irrefutable evidence that the voice could not have been that of the serial killer. However, many parapsychologists strongly believe, assuming the existence of spirits is real, it is not a requirement that a ghost be attached to the location of their death. Hmm. It is possible that a spirit world that... Okay, hold on. It is possible that a spirit would, in certain situations, be more likely to return to the place they were most happy during their physical life, as opposed to spending a good chunk of eternity exactly where they met their demise. Yeah, so he, he wouldn't want to spend, hang out in Canada. Nothing to do up there. I mean, it's okay, but winters, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, In Herb's case, it is very likely the best years of his life were spent at Fox Hollow Farm, killing to his heart's content. Despite his depression and his awareness that he had reached the end of the line and lost everything, Baumeister did not seem incredibly emotional about taking his own life. As he put it, he was just going to go to sleep, perhaps hoping that when he woke up, he could return to his property and continue to torment his victims without the fear of ever being caught. That being said, police think it is very likely Baumaster murdered many more whose bodies have yet to be discovered on his property or were dumped along the rural roads of Indiana and Ohio and were never officially identified as one of his victims. Therefore, it is possible Herb did at one point kill a married man, unknown to investigators. According to the graves, the femur bone they located on the property was unable to be identified and strange happenings still regularly, regularly occur 
at the estate. Mm. So they still are there, as far as we know. We need to make a road trip over there and check that out. We do not. Yes. You, you, know, you, got, your, you got the Haunted Visions podcast. You could, I could do a live thing and go over there and check it out. You and Rachel over yeah, there. Midnight, yeah. I could, dig, I could totally do that. Bones. I'm not going to do that, though. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Yeah, that may be, but, you know, I have that relationship. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you go places like that, mm-hmm. shit sticks to you. And then you go home and you think everything's fine. So you got a little ghost And on shit has shoe? followed you home. Yeah. Like gum. Hmm. Shit's followed you home. Nope. I don't need that in my life. I got enough shit going on. Brandy, your final thoughts on the I-70 killer, Herb Baumeister. Baumeister? Whatever. Herb. <laughs> He's a dick. Yeah, he was a dick. Yeah, he was. But he was a dick. But uh, your thoughts on the hauntings over there? I do enjoy Save a Lot. Uh, Well, okay. So now now you know when you go to Save a Lot that you you know the now you'll know the rest of the story. Exactly. Thank you so much. All right, Brandy. Let's thank our Patreon supporters. We appreciate all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to lend your support to the podcast, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs where you can give a little, you can get a lot, or uh, just a wee tiny bit. Yes. The Colonel will be back with us uh, soon, probably next week. We would like to thank my mom and Lady Beverly um, for, for their continued for their support. continued support, and Brandy is also going to thank all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Well, first of all, let me say that uh, Lady Beverly dropped her daughter Alexandria off at Cambridge. Very impressive. Lady so she Beverly. is a big friggin' deal. Yes, yes, we're very proud so, of her. Alex, do well. I know Alex listens, so do yes. well, and we're all we're all standing behind you. We are very impressive. Yes. And I feel like I'm kind of fancy because I know somebody who knows somebody who goes to Cambridge. Well, you are kind of fancy. Very fancy. Yes. All right. So let's start with Alicia and Chip. We're going to see them at TweepCon. We are. I'm excited about that. They, were, some of our, they have been uh, two of our uh, longest listeners, longest mm-hmm. term they're listeners. They're amazing. And uh, they're, they've been supporting the show for a long, long time. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting them both. Look, looking forward to meeting all of them, but you cannot do that as I go through this list. I won't. I promise. Jen Moyer, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, James Seabright, Eric Fowler, Shelley Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy McBride. Although I will say, Jesus. Uh, Bridget Clavey, we're, we, me and her are going to drink uh, beer and talk about 90 Day Fiance. She is also a big fan of the show, and we're going to sit and gossip about that. I'm very excited for you yeah, girls to be able high, to do that. Highlight of the weekend for me. I know. Love Bridget. Brandy McBride, Jennifer Savota, Maggie Glover, Marsha Boris, Stacy Alsop, Jody Wells, Daniel Sweet, Amber Sweet, Amber Anderson, the folks that they walk among us. Ben and Rosanna are good friends. Laura Violet, Michael Deo, Kelly Charette. God, you have horrible Ke- handwriting. Kelly from Ireland? Yes. Mm-hmm. Karen Widner. Callie Jones, Joseph Kerr, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, The Pleasing Terrors Podcast, uh, Sarah Bloom, Amber Krupp, uh, The Now American History Podcast. With our for good friend Joe Hopkins. Uh-huh. Rebecca Oshinger, Cheryl, Catherine Cockgarage Richardson, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, Nene, Bridget Bernhard, Stacy, Christine, Cheryl Weldon, 
Donna Curran, John, Sue Story, Christine Bourgeois, Maja, Aaron with an A, Kimberly Cambron. What the hell was that? Sorry. Elise. Uh, the Happy birthday to Elise and Tammy this week. Yes. The History Goes Bump podcast. Amber Trevino, Annette Petre, Lise, Amber Scoville, Jahara. Uh, I, Magita. Let me see. Where is it? Smith is the last name. Um, yeah, Makita, Markita, Markita, Markita. Good God! Sorry, my handwriting is not the best. Jeff and Don Chestnut, who are safe back in Michigan. Yes, we're thinking about you guys, and uh, they also have a podcast. They have a couple called, of them, don't they? Uh huh. Back roads to history, and Paul, uh, I think it's poems by Jeff. Yep, yep. Both of them are wonderful. Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Lydia Fisher, Tyrone. Phyllis Munson, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Irvin, Jennifer Siemens, Cindy Lou, Kristen, Heather Poole, The Vanished Podcast. Yes, with Marissa. Zachary, uh, Canadian True Crime Podcast. Christy Lee. Charlie and Allie from Insight. Our good friends. Uh, Tracy Smith and Jess from Kiwi Crimes. Yes, if you haven't checked out Kiwi Crimes, please do. It's it's really good podcast. And? And? Rudy the Wonder oh, Dog. Rudy the Wonder Dog. Yes. Him and his dollar. Yes. Thank you all for joining us. We hope that you'll consider coming to DweebCon next week. Uh, we're going to have a live special. We're going to try to have a live special podcast from DweebCon if you can't make it. But if you are in the Cincinnati area or would like to come to DweebCon, check us out on our Facebook page. We have all the information there. It's October the 13th through 15th mm-hmm. uh, here in Cincinnati. And we're doing a live show on Saturday, October the 14th at the No Theater in downtown Cincinnati. That's K-N-O-W. And uh, we would love for you to join us. So check us out on our Facebook page. It's History Dweebs, the podcast. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you all again next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.